burns the first plants to transport water deep from the earth's surface, the crevices in the earth, and transport that water and offer it back to the atmosphere. Ferns. Ferns with their unique botanical structure and their medicinal properties have been used across the globe for food and medicine and many other purposes. And so in today's episode, I'm going to share with you the botany of ferns, the distribution of ferns, some of their medicinal properties, and why you should make ferns, or at least one fern, a plant ally. All right, let's dive right in. Welcome to the Wild Herbs Podcast, where we unpack and uncover the healing properties of wild herbs so you can heal naturally with the plants beneath your feet. I am your host, April Puncelon, wild untamed plant lady, also a botanist and ethnobotanist and herbalist dedicated to teaching you how to heal with plants. If you want to learn edible and medicinal plants, you are in the right place, my friend. Ferns were the first vascular plants to evolve on this earth. Ferns evolved 200 to 325 million years ago on this earth. And they flourished for a really long time, 75 million years. Ferns literally paved the way for all other vascular land plants. They're the first plants that evolved a xylem. And the xylem is able to pull water from the soil and offer it right back to the atmosphere. They were the first plants to evolve a phloem and to be able to absorb minerals and vitamins from the soil. So they're able to grow larger than other mosses and liverworts and hornworts that had to hug the earth and couldn't grow tall because they didn't have the xylem and the phloem. So they were very dependent upon hugging the earth for the nutrients in the water. But with this evolution of the xylem and the phloem, the ferns were able to flourish. And they did. They flourished for a really long time and they're still flourishing today. And this family, this group, I should say, of ferns, there are 47 to 48 plant families of ferns. And let me tell you, they're super fun to learn. There are about 285 to 319 genera and 9,000 to 12,000 species. There's probably so many ferns that haven't yet to be identified and named in tropical regions. I know that you love plants because you're listening to this podcast, and I know that you love ferns because you're listening to this podcast, and I bet you nine times out of ten, when you see a fern, you know it's a fern. You're like, oh, look at that beautiful fern, right? And the reason why you know it's a fern is because ferns have their complete different botany, right? Their different vegetative structure that makes them completely unique from any other plant family in the plant kingdom. This is a very magical group of plants. And because of that, because they look completely unique, they have their own botany, their own terminology. So the whole vegetative structure of ferns is the frond. Ferns are really cool in that the rhizome, right, that's in the ground, or if it's an epiphytic fern on the tree, the first thing that comes from that rhizome is just the vegetative structure, the frond. It's not like it has this big stem and all these branching structures. A lot of times, it's this beautiful frond that is tightly spiraled 
when it's young and then it slowly unfurls as it opens up. It's very beautiful and magical. But anyway, the whole vegetative structure, remember, is a frond. And then the part of that frond that is attaching to the rhizome is called a stipe. <laughs> it's not called a stem. It's called a stipe. All right. The rhizome is a rhizome, which is we use that term for all plant families. But botanists call the stem a stipe and then the vegetative structure a frond. And it doesn't even have leaves or leaflets. It's called pinna, the pinna and the pinule. So it's very unique. Ferns are very unique in that they have their own terminology. But anyway, if you love ferns, I highly recommend to continue learning them. I actually took a whole class on ferns and fern allies when I was a botanist for Nantahala National Forest because there were some rare ferns and I had to know all the ferns. And I took this class with Dr. Dwayne Estes. And I'm so thankful that I did because now I really understand the botany of ferns and the evolution of ferns and the diversification of ferns and the families. And now I get to share it with you. All right, so let's review really quickly. The whole vegetative structure of a fern is called a frond. The little stem that attaches the frond to the rhizome is a stipe. All right. Another very important thing that I want you to know is that ferns reproduce by spores. These are spore-producing plants. Spore-producing plants that have a vascular system. And these spore-producing plants depend upon moisture for distribution, for reproduction, because the male and female part of the fern depend upon water to meet. And when they meet, they form a gametophyte. And then from that gametophyte, the fern grows, and that's what we typically see, right? And that's the sporophyte. So now let's talk about the distribution of ferns. Where do you find them? And so ferns reach their maximum diversity in the tropics because the moisture right and so now you know why because they're spore producing plants they have to have the moisture to reproduce and so they are very diverse south america and tropical areas in asia and these plants have spread all across the globe and before i did this podcast i was like do they grow in the desert and lo and behold yes there are some ferns that grow in the desert, but I'll give you an example. So in the Mojave Desert, 12 species of ferns are known. I bet they're all rare. And in the tropics, there's 1,000 plus species of ferns. Diversity, right? Different species. So that gives you an idea. There's high fern diversity in New Zealand. There's a lot of ferns in European countries, and actually you can get some really good medicinal fern books from Europe that have been written in Europe because of this diversity and this long use of ferns in the country. But just know that ferns grow worldwide, but you're going to have more diversity of ferns if you're growing in an area that has a lot of moisture. So I'll give you an example. So now I live in the low country of South Carolina, and there are ferns here, for instance, the resurrection fern, and there are a couple more that I work with medicinally. But when I was in the mountains, oh my gosh, when I was in Western North Carolina, which they consider, scientists consider a temperate, deciduous rainforest, there are so many ferns. It's the best place to learn ferns and fern allies because there are so many genera. The 
the Southern Appalachian Mountains is genre rich. Like you can just learn all the different genre of ferns and almost be good no matter where you go in the world because of the genre. But here in Charleston, here in the low country, there's not that diversity, right? It's drier. It is very humid. And so the ferns that we have here, we have a good bit of them. But we don't have as much diversity overall. So where you're going to find the most diversity is South America. And in Brazil, they use lots of ferns for medicine. Um, in tropical areas in Asia, right? And in India, these places, there's going to be a lot of ferns. All right, now let's talk about the medicinal properties, my favorite, favorite part, obviously. Ferns have so much to offer humans, hands down. Just know that. Um, they have been used as medicine for more than 2,000 years. A very long time. And they've been used in med as medicine in Europe and different indigenous groups in North America and in India and Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine. And Chinese medicine has the most recorded uses of working with ferns and adding them to special formulas. And so I want you to know that this amazing group of plants, right, the first vascular plants on earth, have value to offer you. There's a reason why we are all attracted to ferns and we love this special group. They're magical, they're mysterious, and they're medicinal, okay? And so there are lots of different phytochemicals that make ferns medicinal, and I'll go over a couple with you. Um, but I just want you to know that these ferns, this group, have been used as medicine by humans across the globe for more than 2,000 years, okay? So that's pretty profound. And they've been used for food, too, and fertilizer and beverages and as ornamentals, right? How many flower arrangements do we know that have the Christmas tree fern in them? They're always, like, the ferns always serve as the backdrop and the bouquets, right? And, of course, medicine. And that's why we're, we're here today. And that's why you're listening. There are 204 species recorded in the Chinese medical system. The ferns are such a rich source of phytochemicals. So they have phenolic glycosides and flavonoids and alkaloids and coumarins. And so these phytochemicals, these unique phytochemicals, have helped heal lots of different ailments, such as asthma and bronchitis. There are certain medicinal ferns, and they're actually in a particular family, which I find this fascinating, and this is a, a shout-out for medical botany, because there's a particular family where the ferns in that family are used a lot for respiratory disorders. And you start to notice these trends, right, across the globe where people and even in opposite different regions of the globe, are using these ferns in the family the same way. And that's the fascinating part of ethnobotany and medical botany. Ferns are also used for gastrointestinal disorders, the roots primarily. The roots to help heal ulcers and different issues with the stomach and the small intestine and the large intestine. So they have a lot to offer us, right? Especially in North America or modern countries where the diet is composed of largely processed food. They're also used for reducing acidity. But you have to know which ferns.
But I am just exposing you and teaching you that the ferns overall as a whole group, okay, are used for so many different purposes medicinally. They're used for wound healing. Different cultures will grind up certain ferns and to a powder, and then they'll place that powder on the wound. So different cultures will actually use the ferns, grind the ferns up into a powder, and then put that powder onto the wound. I would never work with, though, a fern that is rare. And there are rare ferns, and you only want to work with the ones that are really common, okay? So anyway, and some ferns, for instance, like Christmas tree fern, polystichum, aristocoides, can be eaten, but it's recommended to boil it multiple times, drain the water, and then eat because there are different phytochemicals that may be hard for us to digest. And a lot of people think sometimes of ferns as being famine food, but I think you need to know which ones to eat. I predominantly work with ferns as medicinal plants. I don't eat them as food, at least not yet, but I do love working with ferns as medicine and I love just connecting with them. I love learning the diversity and learning the names and learning the different fern allies. Because I didn't talk to you in the beginning about fern allies, but fern allies, the equisetum, it's the lycopodella, the lycopodium, there's all these fern allies, okay? And the fern allies tend to be very medicinal. And in fact, the, through my research, I've noticed that fern allies are used a lot. So anyway, but I'll give you one. So a fern ally, equisetum, has been able to remain as a popular herb among herbalists. So if you're studying herbalism or you are an herbalist, you know equisetum, you know horsetail. And so you likely work with it. And so I work with horsetail to help relieve inflammation in the bladder. And when I drink it, it calms and soothes my bladder. It is a diuretic. It does make me thirsty, but it kind of has that umami flavor to it that gives me the satisfaction that green tea usually gives me. And I can't drink green tea anymore. I can't drink um, caffeine anymore, although sometimes I cheat. Um, and so I can drink equisetum, and instead of drinking something that irritates my bladder, right, I'm enjoying it, but it's irritating me. It's putting me in the opposite direction of healing. I can drink equisetum, a fern ally, and go into the direction of healing my urinary system. And so I've called upon equisetum multiple, multiple times. Equisetum is also in skincare products. So a lot of ferns, because they have these resilient secondary metabolites, are in skincare. So if you're into your esthetician or you're into skincare, this is a group of plants that you should look into more, especially the desiccation tolerant plants. So the main fern that I work with in the low country is resurrection fern, Peleopeltis polypoides. And this fern attracted me, just called my name. When I moved to the low country, I was amazed by it because I lived in the mountains, right? I did all my botanical training in Western North Carolina, which I'm really grateful for. And there was a polypoidy there. There was a, there was a fern that grew, a polypodium that grew on the rocks. But it was, it was kind of more uncommon. It's not uncommon or rare, but I wouldn't see it a lot. So then I moved down to the low country and I see this resurrection fern all over these live oaks and I'm just floored. I'm like, what is this? What is this fern all over these oaks? Are you kidding me, right? 
And so then I keyed it out. I learned its name. I started connecting with it really slowly. I know that the attraction to plants goes beyond the aesthetics. So then I started to do a little research on resurrection fern. And then I started to make teas and make other things with resurrection fern. And now I'm teaching students. Now I'm teaching people how to work with resurrection fern and other ferns because I want you and I want people to know the magic, the mystery, the medicine of ferns. I don't want you know, people to be scared of ferns or not to know their names because ferns are these magical plants. And so I love teaching them and I love exploring and working with their medicine and from teaching other students i've noticed that they do as well so i have really exciting news because i am going to teach the ferns and the fern allies like i just gave you an overview of the ferns but i'm going to dive really deep with students and medical botany one with the ferns and the fern allies medical botany one follows the evolutionary history of medicinal plants and we start with the ferns and the fern allies. Just learning this group and their magic and the botany of them and the medicine, I feel is worth the whole price of Medical Botany One. But we also go through, or you'll also learn in Medical Botany One, the gymnosperms, the evergreen trees, because they're the first plants that evolved after the ferns. And then after that, you'll learn the cedar family, which is a very important medicinal plant family. And then you'll learn the bay family, and after the bay family, the magnolia family. And those are called the magnolids. They're this group of plants. I mean, it contains cinnamon and avocado and nutmeg and these plants that have so much medicine because they're old. And so that is the amazing thing about medical botany is that you're learning how medicine has evolved through time and how some of the oldest plants, the most old ancestral plants, contain a lot of times secret the most medicine and then we will end with the monocots okay the dayflower family the spiderwort family which is so good for the digestive system and so this course you don't want to miss it is hands down my favorite course that i teach i get super excited i get super pumped up when i'm doing the course material i'm energized and that's how i know i'm on the path this is what i'm supposed to be teaching so if you're getting energized from listening to this and you want to learn more, registration opens January 29th, 2024, and the course begins February 13th, 2024. And this is a completely online course, and there'll be live Zoom calls, there'll be videos, there'll be PDFs. I'm going to be here with you. I'm going to be working with you no matter where you are in the world because these plant families occur around the world and because i'm a botanist and especially because i did my botanical training in the mountains where it's genera rich i know a lot of the genera that you may come in contact with not maybe all but a good percentage so i hope you join me thank you for listening to the wild earth podcast definitely share this episode if you know someone who loves ferns because learning ferns is such a gift and it will serve you throughout your lifetime if you're at a botanical garden, you're hiking, to know the diversity of ferns, to be able to recognize a fern ally, to be able to work with their medicine. So I'll be showing how to make medicine with them from teas and tinctures and salves to oils. 
So I hope you come. I hope you join. Go to the show notes. At the bottom, there's a link to Medical Botany One. It won't be offered again until 2025. All right. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Go find a fern. Be well. Stay wild.